0: What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. A huge, and I mean huge, show today. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened in the NFL. Got to get you caught up. That is Dave Hellman, NFL insider. That is the brilliant Joy Taylor. And this is the one and only 12-year NFL veteran Super Bowl champion. Yes,
1: sir. I got you today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Will Blackman. Now, look, in case you missed it, the Cowboys, they took a damning L yesterday. But we might have called it on this show this time last week. Take a listen. An interception against the Texans, an interception against the Colts, an interception against the Giants. He's not getting away with that in the playoffs, or is he?
2: What's concerning to me is, again, when you get into a situation where you're not playing the Houston Texans,
3: are you going to be able to overcome that? Are you going to be able
2: to be in a situation where you can do a game running
3: And And look, we can call it a trend. Two picks against Green Bay. Again, one of them more on DAC, one of them less on DAC. Similar situation against Houston. Try to do that against San Francisco. Tell me how it goes. Yeah. Try to do that against Philadelphia on Christmas Eve or in the playoffs. I mean, even me next week
1: against Jacksonville. I mean, yeah. they're playing really good football right now. That's a good point. Do not, do not, Joy Taylor ball.
2: <laughs> uh, every now and then, we hit the nail on the
0: freaking head. Cowboys took a bad loss to a five-win Jags team, but we called this. Last week against the Houston Texans, Dak Prescott throws an interception with 5 minutes left. The Cowboys were trailing 23 to 20, but fear not. Dak Prescott, 11 play, 98 yards later, he marches down the field, touchdown. Cowboys take the lead 27-23. Davis Mills has the ball for the Texans, interception, game over, Cowboys win. He tried it again. Yesterday, Dak Prescott throws an interception. It's 27 to 17. Jags scores. Now 27 to 23. Jags take the lead. It is 34 to 31. Dak Prescott marches down the field. Set 13 plays, 75 yards. He takes the lead. But there's no Davis Mills. There's Trevor Lawrence. So with a minute and one set, second left, Trevor Lawrence goes down the field, ties it up. Cowboys lose in overtime. I had been wary of Dak Prescott, Dave Hellman. I had been wary that those interceptions would eventually cost him. I do believe that though there's a lot of blame to go around, Dak is the primary
3: perpetrator. He is the one who deserves the blame. Where do you stand? I mean, he is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That's what happens. Shockingly. Shockingly, I don't don't put it all on Dak. It's the same thing I keep saying. Yes, Dak has a hand in this. There's culpability. Again, I said it in that clip. We did a good job with that, by the way. That was (laughs) prophetic. Uh, it, It was this very similar situation. He throws two. One is very much his fault, and the other is not. Early in the game, you mentioned it. You can't press and throw picks like that in the shadow of your own goalpost. It set the stage for the Jags to begin their comeback. The one that everybody's talking about and dissecting and dunking on that happened in overtime is a perfectly placed ball on a crossing route that hits Noah Brown right on his shoulder pads that would have picked up a third down and given the Cowboys a chance to keep marching and win the game. And it bounces right it's into Buddy's hand. I, 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 gotta it, get it's absolutely mind-numbing. No, I don't put this all on Dak Prescott. How about, how about 500 yards of offense allowed by the Dallas defense? About 192 rushing yards. They lose Leighton Vander Esch early in this game. Never looked good against the run after that. Me- remember, as long as I'm being prophetic, remember when I mentioned what really scared me about the Cowboys, their cornerback situation? Calvin Joseph got picked on in this game. Zay Jones, you see that double move? Put, mm-hmm. put yeah. him in a spin cycle. That, that There are so many things you can get into. I don't want to talk for this entire segment, so I won't do it. The Cowboys, from the top down, <laughs> melted down. And, yes, Dak Prescott was a part of that, but I think it's a little disingenuous to say it's all his fault. Had-
2: it's not all his fault. But if we're going to talk about the interceptions, let's talk about him. Are they in overtime if he doesn't throw that interception?
3: Maybe not. Yeah? Are they in overtime if their defense can get a stop? I mean, they're giving up 75-yard 70, <laughs> possessions. But what I do know
2: is that was a bad interception, it was. which we were afraid of. He has to take better care of the ball. They're not in that game to potentially go to overtime if he doesn't do that. So let's not talk about the tipped one, which is, of course, also his fault because he throws the ball and the interceptions don't, they don't have a little asterisk that said – Maybe they should, though. Maybe they should.
3: (laughs) I can't put that (laughs) one I'll turn over.
2: Okay, don't. Put the earlier one All right,
3: okay, okay.
2: This is a problem. The reason we played that clip is this is a problem. What did we say? You're not going to do that against a better team and come up with those results. And they didn't. It's not all Dak's fault, of course. There's plenty of blame to go around. But when you're the most important guy on the field, when you play the most important position, you have to be the one. You can't be the reason why. You can't play a role in that. You just can't. This, this is too far into the season. They're supposed to be a Super Bowl winning team. They're supposed to be a contending team. This is how it goes. I say every single week, how did the Texans look last week? How do they look this week? There's not that big of a margin of difference between bad teams and good teams in this league. If you want to subscribe to that, have at it. But this is not college. You're right. These are professional players. They're coached by a, a Super Bowl winning coach, a number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville has talent. I did the courtesy of, of giving uh, Will a little look <laughs> last week to, to, to give the Cowboys some kind of faith, with, which, was, which obviously they did not deserve. This is a bad loss for the Cowboys. And Dak has to bear, the he, whether that final low light is entirely on him or not, he has to bear it because he's the guy.
1: Well, this is outstanding. This is great. <laughs> because who do I blame? I blame the Jacksonville Jaguars. They came <laughs> to play football. You made great points. They are a well-coached team with an incredible head coach, Doug Peterson. Really good job. He did a great job of utilizing pretty much everyone who was available on offense. And that's what he did. So in this case, you have a coach where I think Doug simply out-coached McCarthy and the entire staff. You know, again, putting respect on the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they were able to do. And you mentioned, right, I have major concerns on the other side of Trevon Diggs. I mean, lately, the past couple of weeks, every time you look up on the highlights, you see a guy on that side trailing, mm-hmm. and that is a massive concern. Right. So, overall, I mean, right, collectively, Dallas lost the game, but they got beat by the Jackson and Jaguars. So, who do I blame? Blame the Jaguars. Duval. Shout out to my team. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thought process, but
0: at the end of the day, Cowboys are America's team, so I'm talking about them. Oh, um, that can't get outplayed by a second-year player. million quarterback can't get outplayed by a dude who's in his, I don't know, maybe his 35th or so start. can't happen. Dak Prescott cannot throw that pick in regulation that Joy's talking about. And furthermore, let's talk about the overtime one because people are trying to put that on Noah Brown. Understand your personnel. Dave Hellman, prior to the season, was Noah Brown a a blocking wide receiver or a pass-catching wide receiver?
3: He was a blocking wide receiver. Can I interject? Go Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead who needed to be moved up the depth chart because of the Cowboys' decision-making in the offseason.
0: Blocking wide receiver, meaning Nor Brown was more known at the wide receiver position for his ability had, to block. He had
3: 39 career catches coming into coming this the season. season. So no, but, we, more, but what week are we in?
1: 15. 15? 15? Yeah, yeah, what's your point?
3: I mean, coming into the season. No, the
0: point being, Dak got to know your personnel. I saw Michael Irvin tweet the job of the quarterback isn't to throw a, 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 an, an, a perfect pass, throw it where your receiver can catch it. Michael Irvin's in the Hall of Fame. Noah right. Brown is not Michael Irvin. So, if Dak Prescott's throwing a Jumpman Jordan logo looking past near the dirt, I can't fault Noah Brown for dropping it. Noah Brown is a six-round pick who was more known for blocking than he was known for catching coming into the season. He got, dra- like, exactly.
1: he got drafted to he, catch football. She absolutely Noah, did. Noah
3: Brown made a harder catch on the game-winning drive against the Texans. Mm-hmm. He made a harder – It was, yeah, go back and watch. He extended. He did this whole thing. He pulled it in. The thing is, though, there aren't asterisks by picks, and you know that. Dave.
0: So if Dak throws a pick at the end of the day, especially if it's not an easy catch and that was not an easy catch, I'm looking at Dak saying, hey, you got to do better. You got to do better.
3: Do better than lead the receiver away from his coverage and put it where he can get it at the sticks. Do better than being in overtime with the Jacksonville. I mean, Jacks. that's fair. And there are a million reasons. Look, honestly, if you if want to be real and I said it last week, like you can get away with picks if you're playing excellently everywhere else. They still win that game. Micah Parsons does his Micah Parsons thing. Yep. He forces a fumble of Trevor Lawrence. They have, what, what like a minute 30 a minute to kill? Yeah, literally. They burned 27 seconds off the clock. They ran the ball twice. And then I don't even hate the decision to – I, yeah. I don't even hate it because you win if you get a first down. But a go ball? A go ball. I was going to say, that I'm is
1: that decision on third and fourth. A
3: go ball to Noah Brown, by the way. Very weird. I don't like the call. If if it was a Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy decision, I hate that. If it was Dak deciding that was the best thing to do, I don't love that either. And then, I mean, you're not wrong in terms of like the Cowboys' personnel, but that's what I've been saying all year. This is what they have. You know C.D. Lamb is getting clouded all over the place over here. Like They're not going to let C.D. Lamb be the reason why they lose a game. And so then you're left with Michael Gallup, who hasn't looked like the same guy. He had one catch for two yards yesterday. He's still coming back from an ACL. That's not his fault. And then Noah Brown. They made T.Y. Hilton inactive yesterday. Wild to me. Wild. I know he just got there five days ago. It is wild to me that the Cowboys were like, This guy can't help us today. You're laughing.
2: Why? I mean, it's just a lot of excuses for the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. They just got beat. Is
3: that an excuse or an explanation for what happened? I mean, I'm not trying to let anybody off the hook. All
2: all losses can have explanations. Of course. But there's a difference between explanations and excuses. Like, at this point in the season... If you're really a contending team, I don't I don't want to hear any explanations. What's the question that we always have about the Dallas Cowboys? Situational football. Sure. It continues to be a problem. Like all the conversations about the Cowboys that we have are the same every single year, and this is why I refuse to drink the juice this year. Show me differently. Show me that you can beat the teams you're supposed to beat. All due respect to Jacksonville, who is a developing rebuilding team. Right. Trending That's a fair upwards. Point. But you're supposed to beat the, Jackson, the Jags. You are supposed to be them. We will talk about lots of teams that had moral victories <laughs> later on in the show. <laughs> I don't want moral victories at this point if your team are supposed to be taken seriously. For
3: the record, I came on this show either last week or the week before that and said, show me. I, don't, I did not believe that this was a different Cowboys team for reasons like this. A good friend of mine, I'll shout out Brian Broadus, my guy. <laughs> he loves to say the Cowboys are allergic to success. Like they they can't maintain this type of stuff. This is the latest example. They're up three scores in the second half. You absolutely should win that game, and you can blame Dak. You can blame 18 other people. Let me ask people, you this real, real quick before we head out. Shouldn't happen.
0: Dak is supposed to be a top three player on this team maybe top three most important. Sure. So to me, to whom much has given, much is required. I can get mad at the Anthony Barr if I want to for not being more stout in the rushing attack. I can get mad at Kelvin Joseph, the second-year, second-round pick, if I want to, for getting beat on the outside by Zay Jones. I can get mad at all those people. But when I look at that, 250 passing yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, then I look at Trevor, 320 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception. That's where I'm putting my focus in. Noah Brown might make $800,000 this year, maybe. Dak Prescott's making closer to 30, $40 million this year. So I don't want to hear about Noah Brown catching it. I don't want to hear about Kelvin Joseph getting beat. I want to hear about Dak Prescott being outplayed by a second-year quarterback. That's what I want to hear
3: about. A second-year quarterback who was drafted number one overall, who everybody said before the draft is, like, the closest thing to a slam dunk that we've seen in a decade. Yes, and that Doug was, Peterson. What's like, up? It's it's kind of dismissive. And look, I mean, Dak lost. He shouldn't be better Dak than lost. Dak Prescott. Doug
0: already. Peterson
1: maximized all the guys on his roster. Is Mike that McCarthy day.
0: not a Super Bowl coach as well, sir? You played under Mike
1: McCarthy. I, Why? Yeah, Why? Yeah. I but mean, Doug Peterson is better on this half of the 2000s than, than McCarthy is. McCarthy <laughs> before 2011, sure, we can have that discussion. On this end, Doug Peterson.
3: I, I mean, I, why is it weird if Trevor Lawrence is better? Patrick Mahomes won MVP in his first year as a starter. And Burrow's that cooking. I, think
2: go, it's, Burrow's I, cooking. I, I don't know that it's about – I can go with you there. But if that's the case, Dak shouldn't be making mistakes.
3: It, I do not – the thing that's frustrating about where Dak is, is, and I'll go back and forth with you. We can do 90 minutes on this. This is not the player Dak Prescott has been. I got a million stats that can back it up. You don't want to hear them. But it is the player that he is right now. And I don't have a great answer. But again, like they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs unless he can cut that out. I'll be willing to go that far. The
0: Cowboys finish was crazy, but we
3: have something even
0: crazier coming up. It might be the wildest finish in the history of professional football. It cost Bill Belichick a victory. You got to see it. We got to talk about it. That's next. Don't go anywhere. It was wild. For context, y'all, the Raiders scored two touchdowns in 39 seconds to win that game. There was basically no probability they would win with a minute left, and somehow they did. Everybody trying to figure out who do you blame. I blame Ramondre Stevenson. I blame the running back, the running back who first lateraled the ball. Here's why, Will. (laughs) Will, if you and I were on the street, and if you and I were on the street walking to the mall about half a mile away, and all of a sudden we've seen a whole bunch of people running the opposite direction, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm running, no question. I'm not asking no questions. Mm-hmm. I'm turning around and I'm running. Because if you're running, we running. So if Ramon J. Stevenson is running this draw play and he pitches it to Jacoby Myers because it's time to make a play, Jacoby Myers, it's time to make a play. You making plays, we making plays. <laughs> so I don't blame Jacoby Myers. Ramon J. Stevenson is the one who was on the street who started running. If you see somebody running, everybody got to run because that's what time it is. As soon as I see get the ball pitched to me, oh, we play make it? Oh, I'm
1: making plays, too, then. So I blame Stevenson, Will Blackman, who you blame. It's the the way he pitched it, too. It's like, it reminds me of I used to go to the market with my mom, and I asked my mother, can I have that cereal? She's like, no, you can't have it. And when she's walking by, I just grab it, I just drop it in the box anyway. (laughs) Like, we're going to get this cereal. (laughs) But the the person I blame, initially, I was looking at the coaches, because I'm like, man, it's, it's Bill Belichick. Like, he prepares these guys. He's a situational master. This is what he's supposed to do. And so I'm like, why did Jacoby pitch that football? And then now, after hearing that he said I was trying to be the hero, well, I have no choice but to put it on Jacoby Myers for doing that. Mm. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I know I can go for a whole seven minutes, but I'm not. Because it's, <laughs> that's my answer. It's that simple. It's Jacoby, Jacoby Myers for pitching that football. I know y'all play defense, so it's not a
3: one-to-one comparison. But, like, th- th- were you ever in a moment – in football, where, and, like, I feel like this is kind of where you're going, Ocho, where, like, the, the, the juice of the competitive moment just takes over. Like, I kind of feel like Jacoby Myers just thought, forgot the game was tied. Yes. You know, he's like, he, he, he lateraled to me. We got to do something. But that's my that's my <laughs> <And> point. That's, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but okay, but also, <laughs> Jacoby Myers has been in the NFL for four years now. He's played for Bill Belichick that entire time. He's an undrafted free agent in 2019. I understand the juice of the moment. But he pitches you that ball, all you got to do is take one step to your right and you're out of bounds and this game is going to <laughs> overtime. That's all I need you to do, Jacoby Myers. I, like, I, I get it to a degree, but you just got to take like half a beat and be like, wait, right. we still got OT. We're going to be okay. Like, why did he pitch it to me?
1: All right, I'm going to go out of bounds. <laughs> he he should have <laughs> gave me the football. But I don't
0: think, I think in that moment, Joy, it was like, oh, he pitched it to me. Clearly, I'm mistaken. Like clearly I'm tripping. Clearly the score is not tied, because he wouldn't have pitched it to me otherwise. So I must be tripping. It's time to this go This happened make play. in my this
1: happened in my son's basketball game yesterday. We were we were it was down to the wire and there was a play drawn up for another player. So he's supposed to pass it to this kid. And instead he passed it to somebody else, our point guard. So when a point guard got it, he was like, wait, why don't like what's going on? Three, two. We lost. <laughs> and so did the Patriots.
0: Joy, where do you stand? Who's to blame? I, I,
2: I got to agree with you. This is not, not time to ask questions. This is not the time for thinking. Like, the, 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 the brain has been washed of thoughts, which is like, it's, it's the moment. So I'm with you. It's that's not his fault. I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> but I, that's what I'm saying. I got I to gotta blame the players. I'm hanging on to my one last shred. I'm at the bottom of the rope, hanging on to the Bill Belichick belief system because of, you know, the 20 years of trauma, which the Patriots have, you know, forced upon me as a Dolphins fan. So I'm just holding on to it because I I can't imagine of all the teams, particularly a Belichick team, to not be prepared for this moment and not be not, that's not even, it doesn't even have to be a Belichick team to know. Everyone knows what you need to do. There's Mm -hmm. no mystery. There's like, there's nothing to do. Just sit, just sit down. Just sit on the ground. Just sit on the ground. That's all you have to do. You have to make no play. Just sit down, and it's over. I mean, it's obviously this is bringing a great deal of joy to a lot of people in the NFL world because watching the Patriots not only collapse but also <laughs> collapse in an incredibly embarrassing way, and obviously we have Mac Jones' head being palmed by Chandler Jones he got right him. behind Dribble. us which will live in infamy, unfortunately, for the rest of his career, and I'm sure will be a part of many memes to come.
1: <laughs> I mean, that is a mush.
2: It's an absolute mush, which is one of the... It, it's more disrespectful to me than getting slapped, is getting mushed. I don't know. I, That's another
0: conversation. <laughs> another
2: conversation. Either
0: way, it's bad, and I, and
2: I get why people are celebrating it. And the worst part is really... It, it was. It looked like it was another complete collapse by the Raiders.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And then here you are, doing, like, the one literal one thing you can't do... And they win. So I'm actually really happy for Chandler Jones.: Very
0: happy for Chandler Jones, if you will. Do not know. Chandler Jones, I believe, is the all-time sack leader for the Patriots and also one of the all-time sack leaders for the Cardinals. Going back to the game. Outside of Stevenson, now's where I blame Patricia. Matt Patricia, he is the one who communicates with Matt Jones before the play. Why? If you're a supervisor, I think it is your job to make things foolproof. You can say idiot-proof. You can say stupid-proof. I think foolproof. Will, I used to have to wear the mic. The mic, uh, the green dot, um, right. calling the plays. Even if I know the defensive lineman is supposed to know the stunt based on the call, you know what I'm going to say before the play, Dave? Hey, big dog, remember, you got a gap. Even if I know the nickelback Will Blackman is supposed to blitz on this play based on the call, and Will knows it, you know what I'm going to say before the play? Hey, Will, hey, Will, reminders. hey, Will, remember, it's you, you. In that instance, I believe Matt Patricia... Should remind Stevenson, Joy Taylor, hey, get down. Remind Mac Jones, hey, as soon as you hand it off, if nothing's there, just get down. It is your job as a supervisor to make sure everything is foolproof. That is why I still put some of it, Will, on Patricia, but are you completely out on blaming the coaches?
1: Yeah, I mean, my initial thought was, was the coach, and they probably did. They probably said those things, but like they mentioned, in the spur of the moment, they probably like, forgot and like lost that. And, and that is the case. Sometimes, How likely is that to happen for an athlete it's, it's, in the height no, of the moment? No, it's very likely because you made a good point in terms of, like, you ran the green dot always reminding guys what to do. I was in a situation in Jacksonville, like, I was the cerebral guy. I was the one that studied above and beyond. I studied for both corners, the backups, whoever. So I, there were situations that I knew. But I remember we played the Chargers, and there was one particular situation where the Chargers ran a screenplay if Eddie Royal was, like, two yards off the line of scrimmage. Yep. I'm like, it's a bubble screen, no question. So I told the whole team that. We line up. I'm in my position. I hear Jonathan Sipper, and he's like, Will, Will. He said it's third and 14. I was like, oh, okay. So I told Chris Clemens, I told everybody, and boom, we knocked it out. But that, for that moment, I totally forgot about the situation I prepared for all week. So to your point, right, yeah, it's, it's a lot of validity to that in terms of like, hey, there's a lot of reminders, and Patricia probably should have, but he probably did. That's why I was – not sure when it happened, so that at the end of the game, when I saw the interview and Jacoby said, I was trying to be the hero, that means he went above and beyond what was asked of him. When coaches say, don't be a hero, don't be a hero, it's when players try to do too much. Joy, you put any of this
0: at all on Mac Jones? Watching the chaos ensue? Come on. You put any is, of this is, at what, all on Matt? I, I he got
3: to make that tackle, Joy.
2: <laughs> Hold on a second, all right? <laughs> like, no disrespect to Mac Jones, but this – There was 99 out of 100 times this happens. That's the result. (laughs) Is is that entire scenario. And the one time it doesn't happen is because Chandler happens to trip over his own feet and it has nothing to do with Mac Jones. (laughs) Nothing was stopping that man from getting to the end zone. Including Mac Jones. He just was in the way. It did was he like tripped a... somebody
1: last year? Who did he trip last year? Oh, oh he did trip a Panthers player, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Brian Burns, I think yeah. it was. Yeah.
2: Brian's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I don't <laughs> like it. I know, he My might God's know jujitsu from his brother. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Mac Jones is an, that,
3: that's the funny, like, Mac Jones compared to the rest of the population is like an incredible athlete. Of course. You know, like, it's easy to forget that stuff. But the, in this situation, I mean, and, like, this is gonna sound like a slight to Mac Jones. I don't mean it that way, but it's like asking me to tackle you. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, the
0: only thing. When when Jacoby
3: starts to throw this ball, I believe Matt Jones
0: should have tried to run up and bat it down. You see, he was waiting there stationary. Come on, he wasn't expecting minutes. the ball. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah there's, there's there's, there's that
2: there's was there's probably processing time going on here. It's the last like, thing on his mind was that that
3: ball's coming back to him. He saw a big shadow
1: of Chandler Jones. Like I can.
2: Can we can we talk about give this the credit it deserves for being one of the biggest blunders we've ever seen, and that's not hyperbole. What did Jacoby
3: What did Jacoby expect? to do with it if he had caught it? That like is a that... question nobody's answered. Oh, man.
0: Even if Matt Jones does get right. this ball, he can't throw it forward. He got nobody else to throw it to. Anyway, we got to throw it to the next segment because this was hilarious. Coming up, Jalen Hurts. He had another dominant performance. Three touchdowns, but it was scary early on in the season. A little bit of breaking news. Jalen Hurts, questionable for Sunday's game, by the way. We'll tell you exactly why and what happened with his performance yesterday. Next on Steve
1: got to saying validity. I can't even say that word.
0: well Michael Parsons may have rewarded Jalen Hurts with a little bit of extra motivation when he questioned his MVP status last week now Hurts passed for 315 yards and added three rushing touchdowns in the win but he also had two interceptions first two interception game for him all season long remember Cowboys Eagles Christmas Eve but here's the breaking news Report says Hurts' status is in doubt for Saturday's game. He sprained his throwing shoulder during the game. As I was watching this, I believe something many people may have missed is the fact that Micah Parsons' comments impacted Jalen Hurts. Why did I think that? We know Eagles coach Nick Sirianni is an emotionally volatile person. Against the Indianapolis Colts, after winning by one, he stands on the bleachers looking at the crowd. Yo, this was for Frank Wright all hype. I know that Nick Sirianni can be affected by outside action. So now you look at this game with Jalen Hurts and you realize that Miles Sanders, the fifth leading rusher in the NFL, leading rusher on the team, didn't get a carry to the 6-46 mark of the second quarter. Jalen Hurts had 17 runs and 37 passes. 54 was his usage. That's how many times he threw plus passed. Most he has all season. Whenever I see information, I always ask myself, Coincidence, causation, correlation. Was Jalen Hurts high usage in this game? 17 runs? and 37 passes. Was it just a coincidence? I don't think so. I think that Micah Parsons' comments may have actually had something to do with Nick Sirianni choosing to use Jalen Hurts the most he's used him all season against one of the worst opponents he's seen all season. I think there's a lot to do and a lot more meets the eyes. Well, what do
1: you think? you think Micah's comments had anything to do with what we saw from Jalen Hurts yesterday? I think you're wholeheartedly wrong. 1,000% <laughs> wrong. Yeah, hey, this, I, this, Micah's comments had nothing to do with how the game went. Sometimes Sometimes you go into situations where it's like, hey, where are the mismatches? And I believe they thought Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown were total mismatches against the Bears' corner. So, mm-hmm. yes, a lot of action went to them. I mean, he only threw routes where for sure they were going to win. Slants, right? A.J. Brown's big body, he won most of those. And then go balls, yep. a couple of explosive shots. So it was, a, it was a basic game plan, but just to go to those guys. So, right, the Bears aren't great at stopping the run, so you wonder why they ain't running the ball Exactly right. well. But at the same time, perhaps these were the opportunities simply for this game. So I, I think that's like completely way off. But that, explain
0: that. to me, explain to me, seventeen carries. Seventeen carries is a lot for a running back. Right. So seventeen carries for your quarterback in a game that you shouldn't need to use. Jalen hurts his feet seventeen times to win. But he's
1: been effective using his feet all year. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But why in excess? Because now he's hurt.
1: <laughs> Again, my answer is. You're way off. It has nothing to do with that. So, yeah. go ahead, Dave. No, I, I mean, all I can say
3: is I really. It, it, first of all, I love the way you think outside the box. Like that's. I you, mean, that is like. It's down an the interesting. Street. It's a. It's a fascinating mm-hmm. theory. It's a great theory. I, I'll go as far. Look, I'm not in the meeting rooms. I'm certainly not in Jalen Hurts' head. If he was thinking about it. Nick, Sirian- Nick Sirianni does kind of, like, he likes the trash talk aspect of this whole thing. Like, he wore the Beat Dallas sweatshirt last year. He was saying, how about them Eagles after the, they beat the Cowboys after back in beat October? The Cowboys, after they the After they won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And that's my thing. It's like, if they are taking it so far that they are worried about what a different team is saying while they're playing the Bears and, like, you know, like, oh, we're going to show you. We're going to gas Jalen's stats up in this game. I hope that's not true. I hope it's not true because it would say something really – Gross about the Eagles mindset, just that they're so easily influenced by something so innocuous that they're designing a game plan around what a player that's not even on the team that they're playing said that just, that like reeks like second grade playground energy. And (laughs) I don't like it. So I'll, and so I'll say, I don't believe that. I think it's more along the lines of the bears have a bad defense. The Eagles thought they could take advantage of it through the air. That's fine. I don't think it needs to go further than that.
2: Uh, Also, they barely beat the Bears. True. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields was running all over the place. <laughs> like, that was a close game. So, it's not like he was making these mistakes after or going to this game plan and Chicago was not keeping up with them. So, Jalen did have to run. He did have to use his legs. He had three rushing touchdowns. Like, he had to use his legs. They had to win this game running the ball because he was throwing interceptions and making mistakes. I- I'm going to give Jalen and the Eagles organization a little bit of credit here. Now, I will say – I don't understand the male ego. I never have. I'm not going to try. I don't get abandoning reason to prove a point. Mm -hmm. But it has happened before and will happen again. So I can't completely eliminate the idea that this would happen. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not structuring their game plan to prove a point against Micah Parsons, who was busy taking an L to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, I can't I can't go that far now. Had they played Dallas this weekend, I would, exactly. I would tend to believe right. that that was the case because it was a little out of the ordinary. Really? Statistically, it shows yeah. that. And it was going against the team that had their best player was yep. talking in that way. So I don't think that it had anything to do with it. I think they're capable of shutting out that kind of noise at the level that they would change their game plan. And particularly, I think Jalen Hurts, just based off the way that he carries himself, but also the way that they're winning – while it would be really nice for Jalen Hurts to win the MVP, and I think he's the MVP this season, and if he finishes out the season playing in at least two of the last three games and they continue with the trend that they're tr- playing with, which would be winning, he, that he should win the MVP. I truly believe he's much more concerned about winning a Super Bowl yeah. and perhaps a Super Bowl MVP over a regular season MVP and proving a point to Micah Parsons.
1: Right. I would say, okay, right, they, they, uh, the Eagles did well running the football. Yep. So perhaps sometimes, sometimes a really good coach can overcoach or outcoach out himself. Correct. Right. Agreed. So perhaps they were like, "Hey, let's go through the air because they're probably expecting to run." But also, what are the, what are the Eagles' playoff situation? Right? They're all set, right? They're, they're in, good. Just in, running, about. I mean, just pretty just much. About. Right. It's, it's 99% locked. 99%. Yeah. Yep. So usually, when you're when you're pretty much guaranteed to be in the playoffs, perhaps you maybe open the playbook a little bit more. Let's try some different things. Let's start getting ready for the playoffs. So maybe he was like, hey, let's try to air it out just to see what else we can do. Maybe we can show more on film for other guys to prepare for. So that's just me thinking outside the but box But here's, like here's you. what it
0: reminded me of, Joy. We <laughs> were both last week at the Sunday night game, Chargers versus Dolphins. Right. And when watching that game, Will, Joy was watching it. I was watching it up close and in personal. I was thinking to myself, Mike McDaniel, it looks like you're trying to prove who is better than Herbert. Like, I'm just up here making TV. You're not supposed to let the TV I'm up here making influence your decisions. We all know that the Dolphins should have run the ball more against the Chargers. For sure. Because the Chargers have a terrible run defense. And the Dolphins have explosive running backs. A former Big Ten 60-meter champion is their leading running back. But my, uh, McDaniel went out there just airing that thing out as if he was trying to prove something.
1: That's fair. Because it was direct. Fair. fair, Because it, it was direct. If they played the Cowboys, sure. When they played the Colts and he was like, that's for, that's for Frank – It was direct, Dave. Let me come to you on this question. Jalen Hurts' first two
0: interception game. Dak Prescott had a two interception game yesterday. I believe he's had four of them all season. Jalen Hurts is usually without blemish. Yesterday he was not. What did the performance tell you?
3: Not a whole lot. And and, I mean, that's. I I hate the idea that you're just going to radically change your opinion of a player off of one game. This is the first time we've seen Jalen make mistakes like this all season long. I think he'd he'd thrown three. So All season. He almost matched his total with one and like he really he didn't even play that bad of a game. He threw for 300, he ran for 3. If that's your worst game of the year, you're probably in the MVP conversation. <laughs> it really doesn't change my opinion other than to say and it, it just reinforces what I thought about him, which is I think he's a very resilient guy. He comes across right. as a very mentally strong guy. Those picks came early. Yep. They were sputtering throughout the first half, which has not been the Eagles' way. In the vast majority of their games, they're already thinking about, you know, where they're partying afterward at halftime. <laughs> it wasn't the case yesterday, and he got better as the game went along. He cut out the mistakes what, when, when, when it really mattered when they had a chance to put the game away, he went three out of three for 72 yards to get them downfield, had a rushing touchdown. I just think he's a very resilient guy, and, and he showed it. I
2: uh, think Gardner Minshew could probably do that. We might find out might on find Saturday. Saturday.
1: OJ, what you said, like, when it mattered, right? Yeah. What did my notes say right there? Hurts played well when it matters. That's it. That's my notes right there. Exactly. There we go.
2: Well I just think that what the <laughs> Eagles showed overall is that nobody can impose their will on them. If they're going to be in a competitive game with you, it's because they're making mistakes. Every well, the Bears every I know that. Yeah. What happened?
1: So the Bears weren't going to impose their will.
2: No, but they took yeah. advantage of the mistakes that they made. And that's my point. That's what happened in the game that they lost to the Commanders. It's what happened against the Colts. And now it's what happened against the Bears. So if you're going to go against the Eagles, you should start praying that they make some mistakes because it seems to be the only way that you're really going to be in a tough, close, competitive game with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how it's gone all season long. And And to both of your points... You can struggle early in a game if you can overcome it. Yeah, so right. You obviously don't want this, but this is the most uncharacteristic for Jalen out of anyone else in the league. Right. He was number one in in the interception. Category, meaning he had the fewest of all quarterbacks in the league going into this game. So this is, you know, talk about Dak being uh, uncharacteristic. This is not what Jalen does. And then he has the ability to overcome it with his legs, which was what he did. Jalen is is very capable, and I think they're going to be fine. It's, now it's going to be the question of is is he going to be healthy next week.
0: Where you stand, Jalen Hurts, performance. Would you learn?
1: Yeah, exactly what my note said. You know, he, he plays well when it matters. Yeah, he came out the game, and he was like, hey, let me try some things. They didn't work out. All right, let me get back to like what we do. You know, let me use my legs. Let me give it to AJ Brown. Let me get Devontae Smith, and let's play football. So for me, again, it it continues to show and sh- prove like he is super resilient when it matters.
0: I believe it's the thing they tell defensive backs. I didn't hear it a ton as a linebacker, but I heard it all the time when walking through a DB room, in a DB meeting. Never let one play beat you twice. Right. Never let one play beat you twice. What I learned about Jalen Hurts yesterday is he's capable of making mistakes, but he won't let a mistake beat him twice. Like Dave alluded to early on in the game. Joy alluded to it early on in the game. He threw a pick. The pick was really out of the ordinary for Jalen Hurts. He does not get flustered. The Eagles were trying to hurry up, and out of nowhere he throws an interception. But late in the game, five minutes left third and six gotta have it he threw his best ball of the day to A.J. Brown Eagles once again win Jalen Hurts resiliency out of this world like the Eagles record coming up the Dolphins rolling three weeks ago but a lot has changed since then they've dropped three in a row from eight and three to eight and six are they in trouble that's next on Steve It was an absolutely incredible World Cup final yesterday. If you did not watch, I pity you. Argentina was up 2-0, but France tied it up late in the second half. Argentina went on to win on penalties and are World Cup champs for the first time since 1986. Messi got his elusive World Cup champ. I was watching it. Woke up at 6.30 to watch the thing. I know you all were, too. Dave, take it first. What did you think?
3: I I think I, I've been thinking about it all day. Like, you, you could go there are several Super Bowls, obviously, Texas-USC. I think that's the best championship game I have ever watched in my life when you consider the stage, the stakes, the players involved, all of the – like Messi and Mbappe both balled out. Imagine – this is like if Mahomes Brady in the Super Bowl had been a triple OT thriller instead of a dub, (laughs) you know? Like this is – yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) It was
2: absolutely drama, unbelievable. It looked like Mbappe was going to break – argentina's hard i mean it's just that's what that's what greatness is we got an opportunity to watch greatness at the highest stakes down to the wire it was a gift we deserve that we yes actually, we yeah it's that.
1: crazy because like obviously i love football I play football i don't get that emotional watching football games i lose my mind watching soccer <laughs> games like i'm yelling everyone get out the living room so yeah shout out to messi i'm a diehard cr7 fan christian grado but Messi, tons of respect. Happy for him.
3: That's very big of you.
1: Somebody posed the question, have we ever seen two what
0: will be an all-time great, and Mbappe obviously has a long career ahead of him, play at the highest level and play at their highest level at the highest level? I was grinding my gears yesterday trying to think about it. We saw some Western Conference and Eastern Conference matchups, you know, whether you want to say Magic and Jordan, et cetera, but I don't know if we've seen, like, NBA Finals or Super Bowl matchups when they're playing at the highest of highs.
2: I mean, maybe, you know, the Magic. 16 finals maybe
3: like LeBron yeah. and Steph. Yes.
1: LeBron's been the OG for the past like Yeah maybe years. LeBron That's, and Steph. Yeah. It's we... we don't
2: have to compare. We can just enjoy no. the greatness. No
1: always compare. That's us. <laughs> <Yeah>. What <laughs> we do. Why Why we do? <laughs> oh we can move on and talk about your squad. We can do that. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what we have to do. Thank you. A good segue right there. Let's
0: talk about the Miami Dolphins. We can compare them this year to well maybe any other year started eight and three have lost three straight it has been tough to watch however they played a really really good game against the bills end up losing 32 to 29 tortunga a had a couple touchdowns but as you see there had a couple more drop tds josh allen did what josh allen does best he led his team in passing led his team in rushing it was a phenomenal performance by him dolphins like i said lost three straight is it officially time to panic joy or are the dolphins in trouble
2: yeah they're in trouble yes they are in trouble listen seen the dolphins do this before watched it many times told you you're not sneaking out (laughs) you you are culpable in this you lose three in a row particularly the worst loss of them all obviously to the chargers because you beat buffalo earlier this year so you could have spared that loss in buffalo if you lost to the chargers but the chargers are in the wild card race with you and now hold the tiebreaker you can't lose that way. It's, it's too far in the season for moral victories. I don't want to hear about that. You can't have two in the MVP conversation, Tyreek in the MVP conversation. Talk about how Mike McDaniels is coach of the, year, of the year and all this entire turnaround of the culture of the organization, and now be at the point where you're essentially playing for your playoff life through the last three games of the season. I realize it's not over. But depending on what your expectations were for the Dolphins this season, which we have been talking about them for most of the season as legit contenders to go to the Super Bowl. I have a friend who booked a hotel room in Arizona in preparation for this. Uh, obviously, refundable, but <laughs> <laughs> the point is, what, what, based off of what your expectations for the Miami Dolphins were right. this season, that should determine your level of panic. And if you were in the in the boat, which most of us were, that they are certainly uh, in, in contention in the playoffs for the AFC East title and to make a run, then this is, this is a disappointing stretch, and it was my fear I, I had no doubt they were capable of playing well in Buffalo. I was the one on the island saying, like, they're capable of winning this game. You're a good team. This is a team you play every single year. You played in the cold before. Buffalo will also be playing in the cold. You won't have uh, – the only disadvantage you'll have is that they'll be throwing snowballs at your head as opposed to the Buffalo <laughs> Bills. So go win the game. And they weren't capable of doing it. And now it is a – you have to be great. You don't have a margin of error for the rest of the season. I understand you can lose the Green Bay game, but you can't, you're not in the business of losing games anymore, which is a very scary place to be in.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're in trouble because we talked about it last week how, like, if, when they go into this game, they can't get beat down. They must battle and compete, win or lose. They must battle or compete. And I think they went into this game, and that's exactly what they did. If they lost really bad, then I will be terrified for them for the rest of the way because it's, it's really hard to take an L that bad and try to bounce back for it. Because when you even if you lose, if you lose like this, it still gives you hope. For example, I look at the Detroit Lions. They have single-digit losses to quality opponents. And for them, sure, there are no moral victories, but for them, it's like like we're we're right there. We're we're right there. Let's keep going. We're one play away, we're with this play away. And I feel like for the Dolphins, had they got the brakes beaten off of them, that would have been hard not just to recover from the loss, but recover. Uh, overall, just like morale. So I feel like with with this, they just happened to run into a madman named Josh Allen. I think that was the thing. They went up to the Buffalo. Shout out to them for performing in the cold. Shout-out to them for doing everything they were supposed to do, run the ball, get explosive plays. But it was just it was just Josh Allen's time. But for them, for Miami, I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about them. I think they take care of business the rest of the way. I'm, I'm concerned because I'm, I'm actually with Joy on the side of,
0: I don't care for moral victories anymore. Now, Miami played a winnable game, but they lost. Right. What happens if they play a losable game against the Jets or Packers or Patriots and lose? Like, I would have rather them won and played ugly than lose and play great. No question about so, it. I, I, I love your take as it pertains to the Detroit Lions. That's incredibly accurate. The Detroit Lions have held on to hope for the last year and a half because they have shown fight and shown promise. But what might happen to Detroit might happen to Miami.
1: They might run out of time. But Drew made a good point. She said, what, what, depends on what your expectations were. I did not have them as Super Bowl favorites or going deep into the playoffs. Or even the plus, I think this year was more so like, what can Tua do? Like what, is the, what, like, what does it look like for two? And we found out, like, yes, he is their guy with the right coach. But after five weeks, Dave, when the
0: Dolphins had beat the Ravens, they had beat the Bills, they had beaten one more team that's pretty good, if I'm not mistaken, it's slipping my mind right now, we had all realized, like, wait a second, the Dolphins might actually be AFC favorites. They might be the top of the AFC right there with the Chiefs. They already beat the Bills. They beat the Ravens. They were playing well against the Bengals before Tua got carted off, and now it looks like they only have a 61% chance of making the playoffs. Are they in trouble?
3: No, and I, I, I line more with Will just because for a variety of reasons. Okay, I get it, moral victory, all that cool stuff. And, yes, you would rather win. You would take a 3 nothing win where you played terribly in every facet of the game but we're better than them, like because winning is that important. But I think this is different because the Dolphins just got back to the reasons we're talking about them in the first place. Tua rediscovered his timing and his mojo. They got the explosive plays. They ran the ball. The defense... Considering you're going against Josh Allen when he's clicking, I thought the defense played fairly well. I know that sounds silly about a game where they gave up 32, but that's the world you're living in when you're playing Josh Allen. They looked good, and I think that's important because, I'll be honest, I was losing faith that they could sustain that. They looked like a husk of a team against the Chargers, and that's not even a great Chargers team. That's what was so concerning about it is you're like, I mean, you don't even have to win this game, but, like, can you – Nine completions to it? Like what are we doing here? Like they just didn't even look like a semblance of what we had gotten used to. And on the other side of that, there's there's merit to what Joy's saying, that this team looked like a contender. They still, unfortunately, have the bad luck of sharing a division with the AFC favorite. And the Bills never really went away, right? Like it was <laughs> eat like we're like, oh my God, Josh is throwing picks and they lost a couple games, but they never really went away. They're number one in the AFC. They're probably gonna have the bye. So is that the Dolphins' fault? I mean, I think it's just bad luck of what division you play in. I mean, so- but
2: that's, the, that's been the story with the Dolphins forever. First it was Tom Brady, now it's Josh Allen. Like, <laughs> if you're really taking a step up, if you're really a contender, you you have to beat them. Like, I understood you did it earlier in the season, but you had an opportunity to beat them. Beat them. Go score points on that drive. Make it harder on Josh Allen. Like, that that's the next step. It can't always be there's a great player in your division. There will likely always be a great player in your division. Okay,
3: But to go back to Will's point, like the next step for the Dolphins is getting to the playoffs. And I think they're going to if they if they play like they played in Buffalo, they're going to win at least two, if not all three of their games. They got Packers, Jets, Patriots.
2: Those teams are competing to make it into the playoffs. Their seasons aren't dead.
3: If the Dolphins play like they played against the Bills, they should win those games like the, the Patriots. We talk about the Patriots all the time like they are. Relevant in record only. Like, nothing about that team should scare a team that that can do what the Dolphins can do. The Jets have a nice defense. Tua is 4-0 versus Bill Belichick.
0: Yes. I I mean, that,
2: yes. Of course. But these are divisional matchups that we, we, we all know can go either way, right? Yeah. And and they're they're all playing for something. It's not like these teams are mailing it in. My my question with the the Dolphins, again, comes back down to expectations. You must make the playoffs this year. Oh, they need to. It it is inexcusable not to make the playoffs this year. This is not a moral year. This is not a growth year. This is not a rebuilding year. You did everything you could possibly do to shore up this team. And you fired a coach that had back-to-back winning seasons. Whatever you think of Brian Flores, those facts remain in place. Two is obviously better this year. But what was all that for if you missed the playoffs? Okay, so 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 that's why it's nice that they played a competitive game against the Bills. I for one am not surprised because I was the only one who said that they could do it. True. But you still lost. So there's no a little asterisk at the end that was like, but they looked they were there in the end.
3: Don't you feel better about them making the playoffs? today than you did after the Chargers game? Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) This
2: has been my life.
3: (laughs) Now, let
0: me ask you before we head out though, Joy, are the Dolphins not a prisoner of their own success? Why do I say that? Think about the 10 first-year head coaches that are in this season right now. Dennis Allen and the Saints. Doesn't look like they're making the playoffs. Brian Dayball, they're still trying to fight and hold on for dear life. uh, Matt Eberflus and the Bears, they're not making the playoffs. You got the Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Don't look like they're making the playoffs. You got whatever the heck is going on with the Colts and Jeff Saturn. You got Doug Peterson, doesn't look like he's making the playoffs. You got Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. They're making the playoffs. Mike McDaniel, they should make the playoffs. Like, are the Dolphins not a prisoner of their own success? Because all the other first-year head coaches, Nathaniel Hackett, they're kind of struggling. So there
2: are, the Dolphins are ahead of the curve, are they not? Sure. Moral victories again. You have to make the playoffs. (laughs) I still think they will. But you asked me if, I was, if they're in trouble if I was concerned. First of all, they are in trouble. It's, it's in their hands now. They have, there, there was, there's nothing that's been solved. Like they're, they're not in the clear. Like they must win these games. Must. No room for error. You don't have that anymore. There was a point in this season where you were the top dogs. So now you have to go out and do that.
1: You have to. I still think it's growth. I think this is a growth season. If they make the playoffs, cool. If they don't, I'm not panicking at all.
2: It's inexcusable not it, to, make it, to it not make it. It would hurt to not make it. It would hurt
1: if they didn't, but the fact, again. When Mike McKinnon's
2: not getting fired. Tua is still the, the franchise quarterback, but it is inexcusable this year with all the talent that they have, the opportunities that they have, the record that they have. You know what's messing to it fall up? Apart like that, that. What's
1: messing it up is that the Jets are, are playing good football. That's what's, that's what's messing it up.
0: Ten and six, uh, two years ago, nine and eight last year, if I'm not mistaken. And they missed the playoffs both of those years. It would be tough for the Dolphins to tough. have another winning season and not make the playoffs. That's never happened in the history of the NFL. Three consecutive winning seasons without a playoff appearance. And it won't happen to the Dolphins because they will make it. Coming up, Joe Burrow has a lot of reasons to smile. They beat the Bucks and Tom Brady yesterday. They've now won six straight games. But are they the best team in the AFC? I think so. That's next. B. I'm sleep on Jacksonville, Otto. <laughs> the Bengals were down by 17 points to the Bucks yesterday, but they stormed back with 34 unanswered. Joe Burrow threw four touchdown passes, and on the flip side, the Bengals defense forced four turnovers on Tom Brady. Since he has now won six straight games. I think it is time we address the Cincinnati Bengals as the best team in the AFC. Reason being, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. What's the benefit of the doubt and why do they deserve it? Well, they were the best team in the AFC last year. So if all things are equal, we should assume they to be the best team in the AFC this year. And why do I believe all things are equal? They've won six straight. They're 10-4. and Their quarterback is slightly worse than the best of quarterbacks or just as good as the next tier of quarterbacks in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has beaten Patrick Mahomes not just this year, but last year to go to the Super Bowl and three consecutive times. So if you think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, well, simply by the fact that the Bengals have beat them three consecutive times, including this year and last year, you have to give the Bengals the benefit of the doubt. Not only are the Bengals the hottest team in the AFC right now, Joy, I would go as far as to say they're the best.
2: I would go with the Bills, but I'm not going to, you know, freak out that you're saying the Bengals are the better team. I mean, I think that the Bills are just as good, and they're at the top right now because of how they played consistently all season. And uh, where I would disagree with you is, let's stop putting the caveat next to to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is as good as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. He is different. He looks different. He plays the game a little different, but he is as good as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. We can then have the discussion about everyone else. Obviously, we're going to put a healthy Lamar Jackson up there as well because he's a league MVP. But amongst the young quarterbacks, let's stop saying he's in the other category. He is right there. He he can't be the quarterback of the best team, the hottest team in the AFC, who went to the Super Bowl last year, beat all these guys on the way there, and is not in that category. So where I do think that the Bills are slightly better right now, he's in that category. So we got to put some respect on Joe Burrow's name. Please.
3: Joyce got this great habit of saying what I was going to say, but doing, like, a way better job. Like, I'm just (laughs) like, "Eh." no, I've been thinking about that a lot. I think I said it last week, too, is like, okay, if your argument is for the Chiefs or the Bills, why is that? It's Mahomes and Allen, right? And it's because, not that they're not great. I know that they're great, but they are just so impressive looking. Josh Allen goes airborne twice a game. He's got a cannon for an arm. Mahomes is obviously Mahomes. Like, just looking at at the results and the way that they're playing, like, Joe Burrow belongs in that conversation, but I feel like it's it's hard for us to put him there. And why is that? Is it because he looks a little bit less impressive? Like, his arm strength isn't that amazing? He doesn't... Run like a Mack truck. He just kind of, you know, he runs a little less agile I I don't know. Like, I don't know what the reason is. And you can't even say, you're like, oh, well, you know, Josh Allen has all these priors. He's been through the playoffs. He's gone toe-to-toe with Mahomes. What has Joe Burrow done? He's, he's gone further in the playoffs than right. Josh Allen. Like, the only guy in the – and, Will, as usual, I'm leaving Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers out of these conversations because they're closer to retirement than anything – He's got a better resume than anybody but Mahomes in the NFL. But in and, and I include myself in this, I'm not talking trash. Like I'm kind of hesitant to lump him in there with those other two and I'm so when I knew we were doing this question, I was like, yeah, but man, I really like the Bills and the Chiefs are still there. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he just beat the Chiefs. The Bengals just they just did that. Their defense is playing great, which is amazing because quick name the best player on the Bengals defense. I mean, yes, I know they've got Hubbard and they've got Bates and they like they have good players, but they don't have the stars that some of these other teams have. They just keep making it happen. And Burrows at the center of it all. Long story short, I feel reluctant to admit it for some reason, but I really think it's true. I think they they are the best team in the AFC right now.
0: It, well, one, let me ask you this: Well, you play defensive back for a no, long you time. With me. <laughs> you, play, you played with Eli Manning in his actual prime. You played yeah. with Aaron Rodgers as he was ascending into his prime. Is Joe Burrow on the same level as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the eyes of an NFL defensive
1: back? Yeah. Well, to answer your first question. I have a Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, and simply because. Burrell has never lost to Mahomes. But in terms of in that upper echelon, absolutely. Because as a defender, watching these games, put myself in a situation, like, towards the end of the game. Do you want to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. Do you want to give the ball back to Josh Allen? Absolutely not. Do I want to give the ball back to Joe Burrow? Absolutely not. Because I just feel like, I feel like he has that ability where he does put fear in the defense. the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in that category. I, I, I saw your segment where you were like, don't compare him with Brady. But I do. I call him baby Brady because, again, I, I remember looking over at Tom Brady in the Super Bowl when we were up and they got the ball back. It's like, oh, uh, like he's done it before. Like he can do it. And so I feel like Joe Burrow has that ability. He, he, can, go to, he can go to any of the 32 teams and make them better. That's how I feel about Joe Burrow. So I think he is right in that category. It is them three, and he has proven it just on the field. Not just what I think, the numbers, the stats, everything is there to prove that he belongs in that category.
0: Joy, you and I both have the Bills representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Dave, coming to you, because I know Joy still thinks the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I think the Bills can get back to being the best team. Do you think the Bengals are poised to repeat representing the
3: AFC. Do you think that they might be able to continue to catch that fire? Uh, I'm beside myself with excitement for the AFC playoffs in no particular. Question. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you answer that question. I certainly think they're capable. I mean, what? The Bengals are the two seed right now, right? So you get a home playoff game, and if you uh, I mean, they, uh, excuse me, they're the three seed. I'm sorry. But they, like the two is in play for them. They already beat the Chiefs. So yeah, you have home playoff games, potentially two of them. They're playing hotter than anybody. They've already beaten the Chiefs. I certainly think they're capable, but man, just, I mean, think, think about what that entails, though. Like, the Chiefs are going to be part of that, probably have to beat the Bills at some point. Chargers are playing good football all the of a sudden. Be- the Dolphins are part of the conversation. Like, there's so much firepower in that conference. I don't know what's going to happen, but I absolutely, like, the, the Bengals deserve bare minimum the Bengals deserve as much benefit of the doubt as the bills and chiefs when you're like they're going to be there at the end of the day i think you should lump the Bengals in with those
0: joy players. let me ask you this conversation let's have the conversation we had about the dolphins because we said for the dolphins not making the playoffs would be a letdown for the Bengals that have now won six straight who were in the super bowl last year you haven't had to pay joe burrow just yet so you would love to win a super bowl before you have to pay him what would be considered in your mind a success for the Bengals this season Does it have to? You got to get back to the Super Bowl. You got to get to an AFC Championship game. You got to win a playoff game. Is it already successful? What has to happen for the
2: Bengals, who were just in the Super Bowl, and you don't have to pay them yet? What's the success? I mean, to to me, I think getting to a Super Bowl is a successful season, no matter how it ends. Like to, to be in the Super Bowl. Alone is a successful season. Now, you know, you can get into some historical conversations like the Bills where it's like, all right, now we got to win more. <laughs> right. But, you know, getting to a Super Bowl would be a successful season for the Bengals. I think anything less that would, for them, would be disappointing. But based off of the way that they played for the entirety of the season, I think AFC Championship game is a fair space to be, especially considering the players that you're going to have and the teams that you're going to have to go through, as you mentioned, in the AFC exactly. playoffs. Like, you don't never want to undersell. They want to win a championship, and they're capable of winning a championship, and they're playing like a championship team.
1: Right, because I was going to say the, the only glaring issue for the Bengals last year was the offensive line. Yeah. Right. And they addressed that in the offseason. So it's kind of like you can't go anything than, than deep in the playoffs. Anything less than that is a failure. You won a Super Bowl. You had another playoff run, another deep playoff run. So I had somewhat Green
0: Bay, yeah. Cool. Let me ask you this then. After you won your Super Bowl with the Giants, was it now a failure to not win another one, to not go back? Are the Bengals potentially going to be prisoners of their own success? Clearly, they did not win. But for them, for Joe Burrow, for T. Higgins, for Jamar Chase, for even Zach Taylor, is it now Super Bowl or bust in your mind in that locker room?
1: For the Bengals, are you saying for For the Bengals? For the Bengals, it's not. Um, I think because they they super overachieved like last sooner year. than what people thought they were because it's the Bengals. You know, right now this is kind of reminding me like looking at the Jaguars, like okay, they have their guy and they're already competitive. A lot of teams are already competitive sooner or later because they're finding their guy. So right now it is definitely not Super Bowl or bust for the Bengals. Um but but however, them making those adjustments that they had issues with last year it kind of is flirting with that line like, okay, hey, we got to get back. But if, yep. they, if they don't get back and they get close enough, then, I mean, right now the Bengals are going to be a competitive team for the next decade.
0: Well, speaking of being competitive, the Vikings seemingly are competitive each and every year, but there was no more competitive, crazy matchup Woo! than the one that occurred this weekend. Oh, Literally, it made NFL history. Kirk Cousins, maybe it's prime time now. That's next on Speed. We got to check in on our social life family. Head coach for the Jets, Robert Sala on Zach Wilson, the starting quarterback. Kid's going to be a good QB, saying people in in this instant coffee world want to see immediate results. Well, it has been a year and a half. Joy, you got interesting opinions on this. What's your take?
2: Oh, coffee doesn't take that long to make.
3: Yeah, like even non-instant instant co- instant like, coffee, like, instant coffee takes know. like a
2: pot of coffee takes like maybe. Two I got minutes. introduced
3: got to a, instant like coffee.
2: Really? Are they talking about like the whole th- crushed beans? I do my
3: French press. It I takes mean, about hit. eight minutes. Was, period. It was, it was,
0: total. I mean,
2: that's like, and that is uh, extreme. <laughs> that's a lot. The process. So
1: Zach Wilson's development is taking too long?
2: I mean, also, uh, do we want a good quarterback? or do We want a great quarterback because you need you, you pretty much need a great quarterback. Well,
1: if you got a good, a great defense, you need a good quarterback. Oh, I don't okay. think it's taking too. So here's the issue with that comment is. In this instant coffee world, it's because these QBs are playing right now. Right, Like, yeah. these young QBs are playing now. I think the average age without Brady is, like, 26. With mm-hmm. Brady, I think it blew up to, like, 29, 28. So the QBs are playing now, so it's kind of like...
3: Is it instant coffee, or are people seeing what Burrow and right. Trevor and all these other
0: guys And he's number two. Everybody
1: else.
3: Yeah, I think the problem is, like,
0: quarterbacks are better younger than they ever have been. Justin Herbert is setting the league on fire statistically. Joe Burrow's in a Super Bowl in his second healthy year. So, Zach There's also just
2: a lot of talent coming out of right. college. Quarterbacks are getting more reps. They're working with professionals at a younger age. They're training. Right. The whole 7-on-7 world. You're more prepared by the time that you get to right. the NFL. I there's think, more options here.
1: I think what's hard is, again, teams overachieving too soon. Like, I didn't think the Jets were going to be this competitive this year. No one did. And the fact that they are, it's like, ah, uh, you might want to hurry up and make that coffee put that cream in <laughs> Let's get
0: and it going. Put that cream in there. <laughs> well, we got to hurry up and talk about the Minnesota Vikings. It was wild, I will be honest. I tuned out of the game because it was 30-0 to zero early on. But then I tuned back in because the Vikings came storming back. Kirk Cousins, 417 yards in the second half, four touchdown passes, and somehow the Minnesota Vikings pulled off the greatest upset in NFL history when you think about the comeback. It was the greatest comeback the league has ever seen. Joy, what did you learn from the Vikings' comeback win over the Colts? I see a huge smile on your face.
2: I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to decide how petty I'm going to be.
1: Just go for
3: it. Uh, <laughs> do it.
2: Well, first I'll say uh, congrats to Kirk Cousins because I- I'm I'm no longer going to say he's not a clutch quarterback. I mean, that's the greatest comeback in NFL history. I don't care who the opponent was. That's impressive. It was. It was a beatdown, and they said not today. So I have to give them credit. Second, I think we can very convincingly retire the conversation about grit being enough to coach an NFL team. Can we stop doing that now? Did I did I win that argument? That, that it's it's not enough. It's to looking th- good for you. Not <laughs> <to be brave. laughs> it's, it's looking, looking good. good. <laughs> it's in my favor. That maybe that's not the best way that we should hire people. And then lastly, man, I feel bad for Matt Ryan.
1: You're Matt alone.
2: I, don't know. I can't. I can't, Will. I can't leave Matt alone. And, I mean, he's a part of the, the two biggest collapses historically in league history. That's, it's... Matt doesn't play
0: defense. Mm. For context, Matt Ryan is Will Blackman's college teammate just
1: for everybody. I mean,
2: here. I, I, I think, you know, I, I've got a, little, a lot of respect for Matt. You he's know, part of it, yes. MVP. I feel bad
1: that he's part of it. I agree. You feel bad. I, he, he was a... This, he's, he's out there. <laughs> he's, he's out there. Dave,
3: talk to me. What was your biggest takeaway from the game? You know what's funny? So, All right. We, the Vikings are a flawed team. They've gotten their butts absolutely kicked a few times. It's been a season-long debate about how good they actually are. I don't know how good they actually are in terms of the league's elite, the Eagles and the Niners and the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Bills. I don't know. But what I, I have to give the Vikings some shine just for the fact that they keep doing this and they keep winning. They are 10-0 in one-score games. This is the analogy I came up with. It reminds me of, like, you know, when you you distance run, you train at a high altitude, or, like, all of the best runners come from countries with crazy high altitudes. The Vikings are just playing this stuff on all Madden mode every single week. Like, they're making it as difficult as possible, and the fact that they keep winning – is incredibly impressive. Like, this is the most chaotic, uh, frenetic, cardiac arrest team. I'm just thinking ahead to the playoffs. Like I said, I-, I don't know if they're better than than the Eagles or the Niners or anybody like that. But, like, imagine fast forward a month and we're in the fourth quarter of a playoff game and it's tight. You think anybody on the Minnesota Vikings is going to be phased? They're just like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, think about the Bills game. Yep. Coming back from 30 down, like, this team has been up against it so many times. I would like to think that will pay dividends for them in the playoffs, even if they're not one of the truly best teams in the league.
0: Joy, let me give you some vindication, if I shall, along with other people. What I learned, anybody who questioned the Jeff Saturday hire, you were right. The Colts have gotten worse every single week. Remember, it's first week there. They beat the Raiders. But what happens in the second week against the Eagles? They blow a 13-3 lead, end up losing 17-16. What happened the following week? They lose by seven to the Steelers. What happens the following week? The Cowboys mollywop them 54-19, including a 33-0 fourth quarter. What happens this last week? A historical NFL collapse. So if you look at the five weeks of ball for the Jeff Saturday Colts, a win by five points. A loss by a point, a loss by seven points. You give up 33 points in the fourth quarter, lose 54 to 19, and then you give up the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. Anyone critical of that hire, congratulations. You were correct if none on no other take than that one. But what else I learned? These Vikings like trouble. I like trouble, man. I don't know if it's an African thing, but my friends, Nigerian friends, my Nigerian friends, so you like trouble, eh? Like, that's so you, this one, you like trouble. That's how I feel about the Vikings. Like, them cats that do something stupid, be out way too late, texting the wrong person. So, you like trouble. The Vikings love trouble. A plus two point differential, and they're 11 and three on the season? Yeah. 11 and three, Will, and they got a plus two point differential. These ones, they like trouble.
1: Will, where, where <laughs> do you stand? They do like trouble. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Playing against the Vikings when I was in Green Bay, like, that was the weirdest place to play it was the weirdest team it was the weirdest turf it was the weirdest stadium it was the weirdest locker room oh first of all as a visitor the locker room was probably three miles just to get to the stadium they would warm the cheerleaders warm up in front of our locker room we get to the field their mascot would ride his motorcycle right in front of us i tore my acl on that turf we played there and the dome collapsed like it is the weirdest place it is the weirdest team they even stole our quarterback one one point and every every year what do you mean they stole your quarterback Number four. Um, they stole <laughs> <laughs> our quarterback. And so this is a weird team. Every year we go into the season and I tell myself, I even tweeted out that they're the dark horse. They're a dark horse because it's like, man, they have some pieces and they're so close. They can surprise people. They have the pieces. They're so close. They can surprise people. Ah, oh, waiting for Kirk to do his thing. And so this year, it's like, OK, they have the roster, but now they got a new coach. It's like, OK, what's going to happen with this? And so on paper, they look outstanding and they show games where they play phenomenal and they show games where they get blown up by Dallas. And then they show games where they're getting blown up by the Colts and they score 33 points and come back. So it's like, like, I don't even know. Like, I, don't, I don't know about this team. <laughs> I have no idea. But I, what I do know, what it does tell me is that when they are in like a rough situation, they do have the stars on the team. Yep. That can make it happen.
0: What matters more to you? What number matters more to you? Eleven and three, their record, or plus two, their point differential through 14 games of the season. Eleven and three or plus two. What number means more to you?
1: I mean, I like eleven and three. Mm -hmm. What matters more? Yeah, of course.
2: And that's the difference, right? That's what you're talking about with liking trouble and it being weird. Finding ways to win games and winning in different ways is important. My question with the Vikings was never if they have enough talent, they have a very talented roster. It's are they going to be able to do it when it matters, which was a big question for Kirk Cousins as well. You got to do it when it matters. And for the first time this season, as crazy as that game was, and as bad as the Colts have consistently been week in, week out – I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about these Vikings. They're weird. I would, I'm, I'm, they're weird. Like there's just a something. They find it's something. They keep finding ways. And then when you get into the postseason, you got to take a team like that seriously. You cannot fall asleep on the Vikings. They're going to make you pay. And then for the first time this season, I'm like, all right, maybe I'll buy in a little bit.
3: Plus two point differential. I mean, like we've never seen anything like that for a team with this many wins. Yeah. If you won every game by a point, you'd have a better point differential than they have right now. And so, I mean, that's what I mean. It's, it's hard to shake those memories of Philly and Dallas out of your head when you're talking about how far this team can go. But we're sure as hell not doing any segments about whether or not they're battle tested. So, yeah, like I said, yeah. like when you get into that situation, I can't, I can't write them off because nobody's going to be more ready for the pressure of the playoffs than these guys. Right. This
1: game was a great rep. You can't get reps like this. So this is going to help them when they go further along. Like, hey, we're down by 24. They're like, it's all good. It's all good. We've been down by more. <laughs> but Jeff Saturday's not on the
0: sideline oh, in the future. Man, man. Coming up, Jalen Hurts, an MVP frontrunner. And now he's getting an endorsement from a rival, Dallas Cowboy. That's interesting. Find out who and what they said next. On I actually don't know who and what they said either. So find out with me. <laughs> I never thought I would see the day a Cowboys player praising an Eagles player. Trayvon Diggs, star cornerback for the Cowboys, responds to a Jalen Hurts IG post and simply says M V P. For context, they were teammates at Alabama. Dave Hellman, you cover Trayvon Diggs. What are your thoughts, Big Dog? That's
3: that's his buddy from Bama. But but then uh, honestly. Good for Trayvon Diggs. Maybe we can sort of bridge this gap, like you know, Cowboys and Eagles that ain't coming happen. to that No, I know, I, know. It's like, <laughs> I
1: know. Honestly,
3: Trayvon Shut is up, and Trayvon is one of the softest-spoken guys I've been around. So like, and I know it's an Instagram comment, yeah, but, but everybody,
1: like but everybody's for friends. Him to put that out there. Everybody in the league, they're friends. Yeah, the rivalry is Jeff Lurie, Jerry Jones, Eagle fans, Dallas fans. Those are the rivals. Like real ride right between players, it ain't. It ain't like yeah. That, I don't know, you know if I like hated or disliked a player in the NFL. Yeah, it's like Ramsey and Hopkins were yeah, beefing. All of a sudden, they got a supper fan together. That's that
2: new NFL back in the J. We, <laughs> we all yeah. hated each other. They don't make them like yeah. they used Phil to. Anymore. The soft stuff.
1: <laughs> this MVP. Zach stuff Thomas is and Curtis soft. Martin back in 1997
2: <laughs> were. We walked <laughs> both ways to school with no shoes on in the snow. Friends. <laughs> How many of us
0: oh uh, <laughs> <see you> <laughs> Peace. <laughs> uh.